Amen. You can be seated. What a blessing to worship together. I was thinking how honored I am to address you uh, because I know you're on this campus five days of the week coming and going and dropping off and picking up. And uh, many of you uh, have, have been here for a number of years. I was thinking 25 years. We actually have uh, families now uh, that are children who were in our first academy years that then grew up and came back and they want their children in this same academy. And what a blessing that is. Every once in a while, someone will call me and they'll ask me, they'll say, Pastor Jeff, I have a question. What do I believe about? And then they'll fill in the blank. They'll say, what do I believe about the end time? <laughs> and I'll say, well, what do you believe about the end time? And, and then they'll say, no, what I mean is, what do we believe about the end time? It's just an example, but uh, a lot of times we're trying to uh, solidify and make concrete our beliefs. Now, what exactly do we believe? And so um, the series that I'm beginning uh, this weekend is called This I Believe, and we're going to address a variety of questions. There are a lot of questions about life and about faith. Amen? Amen. Yeah, a lot of different questions. So where do we start? <laughs> And in this eight-week series, um, we're going to be kind of going back to the basics. You can get into what I call the sticky questions. There's a lot of sticky questions in life and faith. But if we can settle some of the basic questions, those become more clear. And so we're going to spend some time with that, uh, looking at some of the basic faith questions. We could start a number of different places. We could start with a question like, well, what is the Bible? This, this book that we talk about and that we open and that we look to as an authority in our lives. Should we believe it or should we shelf it? Uh, should we worship it? Some people seem to worship the Bible uh, and, and others kind of trust the pieces that they like. They kind of pick and choose. Can I trust it? And so we're going to be looking at the Bible, but that's not where we're going to start. We can ask the question, well, who is this Jesus guy? I heard he has a TV show now. Have you heard that? <laughs> and, and I think it's marvelous. I think it's a terrific show. But uh, who is this Jesus guy? And, and, and what does it mean to trust him? Uh, why do I need Jesus? And, and how is he different from other religious figures in the world? I mean, is there something unique about Jesus? And what does it mean to be Christian, to be saved? And, and, and what am I being saved from if I'm saved? And those are all really good questions, but we're going to start today with what, in my mind, is the most basic question, and it has been for centuries, and that is, who is God? We're going to get to the other questions. Uh, we're going to explore through the Bible, through the lens and the revelation of the Bible. We're going to look at Bible answers, uh, and, and that's important because, for now, we'll get to the Bible. We're going to talk about that next weekend, but the Bible as we understand it, is the story of God's work in creation, redemption, and restoration. I mean, in, in, a, in a sentence, if you wanted to win on Jeopardy, <laughs> what is the Bible all about? That's a really, really good answer. He has revealed himself within the Bible and through the Bible. And that's what we want to come to understand. So we're going to start uh, this inquiry, I'll say, at the very beginning. I've heard it's a very good place to start. Okay, yeah, I have a, a little uh, music theater in my background. <laughs> but we're going to be looking at Genesis chapter 1, the first few verses. It's on page 1 
of every Bible. It doesn't matter which one you have. It's on the first page. And that's where we're going to look. And let me just say there are Bibles out there. Uh, it's the English Standard Version. And I want to invite you, if you don't own a Bible, please change that today. Take one of those Bibles home with you as a gift from Faith Fellowship Church, from this church family. We want you to have a Bible. So if you don't own a Bible, take one today. So we're in Genesis chapter 1, beginning verse 1. And I invite you, it's very short, but let's just give our whole attention in the room just these few moments as we hear God speak among us about who he is. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was without form and void. And darkness was over the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. And God said, let there be light. And there was light. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for revelation and the word of God. We thank you for Bible and we thank you for who you are and that we can discover who you are. We pray you would uh, illumine these few verses so that we might know you. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, I know there are some who would probably say, Pastor Jeff, isn't the first question, shouldn't it be, is there a God? And a lot of times we start with that question, is there a God? I think it's on the next slide. Uh, the Bible, however, doesn't start there. That's not where the Bible starts. The Bible basically is an invitation uh, again and again, all the way through the scripture, uh, an invitation to look at the grandeur of creation and figure it out. <laughs> to look at the tiny detail of its design, to look at, at the exquisite detail, the workings of, of your body and your mind. We study these things. I mean, we live on Space Coast. We, we study the universe and we study uh, ways to get into space and uh, the ways that... that uh, Things in physics and engineering work. Sometimes uh, people will say, I'm not sure there's a God. And I say, just take a minute and look at your hand. Look at all those moving parts and how they are connected and how it does what you, what you say, what you think, what you want it to do. How you can do tiny little tasks. You can do that. Who created that? And even our theories about how things might have happened, how things started at the beginning, they come from a mind that is so amazing. We can't duplicate it. I know they talk about it all the time. We're beginning to duplicate intelligence, but they haven't done it yet. And the mind is this amazing thing. And it says to us that in that creation, that we have a creator. Look at creation and you will discover the creator. And if you're not sure there is a God, the Bible would say, well, okay, look around, look around. So many different places. Isaiah chapter 40, look up into the heavens. Who created all those stars? That's Space Coast stuff, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. He brings them out like an army, one after another, calling each by its name. Because of his great power and incomparable strength, not a single one is missing. Psalm 104, bless the Lord, O my soul. O my God, you are very great. That's discovery. 
You are clothed with splendor and majesty, covering yourself with light as with a garment, stretching out the heavens like a tent. He lays the beams of his chambers on the waters. He makes the clouds his chariot. He rides on the wings of the wind. All these images. He makes his messengers winds. He, his ministers a flaming fire. He sets the earth on its foundation so that it should never be moved. There's another scripture in the New Testament, Romans 1, uh, that pulls it all together. And it's kind of theological, but it, but it brings all that together. For his invisible attributes, namely his eternal power and divine nature have been clearly perceived ever since the creation of the world in the things that have been made. So they are without excuse. We are without excuse. Look around and believe. You know, the Bible never argues or attempts to prove the existence of God. Never does it. And essentially, God says in many, many different ways, says, when you realize I'm here, come back and we'll get to know each other. That's what God wants. That's really what all this is about. All of the things our teachers work so hard on is to get to know God and know the amazing wonder of who he has made you to be, who he has made each of these children to be. And how will we do that? We do that in the Bible, the word, and by his spirit. Psalm 34 says, oh, just taste, <laughs> taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man who takes refuge in him. That's where we discover him sometimes. We find ourselves in a panic in a bad, bad way. Might be a pandemic, whatever it is. And we take refuge in God and we go, wow. You've been here the whole time. And now that I've taken refuge in you, I taste and I see that the Lord is good. And once you taste of God, you will not let go. So the first words of the Bible aren't, is there a God or something like that? The first words are simply in the beginning. Why don't you say that with me? In the beginning. And, and the Hebrew word that's translated in the beginning is reshith. And it means first in place and time in order. It's at the very beginning. There's a beginning place, a beginning point in time. And in that place, something was already there and it was God. And so that's the important thing. In the beginning, God. There's no creation yet. There's just God. God was already there. And before the very first events began to happen, uh, the first uh, stuff started to occur, there was God. And the Hebrew name for that is Elohim. We like, kind of like to learn some of the Hebrew. Can you say that with me? Elohim. Say it again. Elohim. You are such a good Hebrew class. Yes. And, and it's, it's kind of a big, mysterious name of God. It means God over everything who is distant. It's just one of the names for God. And we look at some other names to to hear about how he is close to us. Every culture in the world has a name, has a name or a word for God or for gods. Every people group on the earth. So every people group recognizes we didn't just happen. There are forces so great in the earth that someone has to have created and someone has to be in control. And, and maybe I can know about that. Some imagine a pantheon of gods because things in this earth are too large for us to simply uh, think they happen. So we know there is a God, 
if we look around, we just don't know who he is or what he's like until he reveals himself. And that's what we find in these scriptures, in these verses. Who is this creator? Who is the the one uh, who is there at the very start to start things out? That's where we're going to begin. And yes, we have to look at scripture to do that. That's his revelation. We'll, We'll talk more about that next week. In the beginning, God created. He created the heavens and the earth. And that means everything. The things that are physical that we see and also the things that we don't see. The things that are invisible. The invisible forces. God is creator of everything. Not a lot of gods, but one God. And and the Bible's consistent in that. There's one God. He reveals himself in a few different ways, but there's one God. And there's nothing that you see that he is not intimately connected to. Not only did he create it, but he designed it. Sometimes I think about that. We'll, We'll be celebrating the life of a person. And I reflect on that person's life and all that they gave and all that they were. And and I'll pray, I'll say, thank you for this person so unique. They gave so much because you not only created them, you thought them up. Isn't that marvelous? We sang a little bit ago about the wonder, the testimony that our, our name can be in the book in eternity. But there's a marvelous miracle just in the uniqueness of every person that has been on this stage and every person that is in this room right now. We might ask, well, who or what created God? And, and that, that's a blank because according to scripture, no one. God is the one who by definition has always been. He has always been and always will be. God was before the beginning, before the creation started, and he will be here long after. That means God is eternal. Those are the kind of bigger words. He is the ever-existent one. So at the beginning of this scripture, it says that the earth was without form and void and darkness was over the face of the deep. That is a really difficult way to try to describe there was nothing. Without form means there wasn't anything physical. God didn't say, well, I think I'm going to create the earth, so I'm going to take some of this stuff and some of that stuff and mix it together. There wasn't any stuff. There was just God. So the earth that we know today was, didn't have any form, and it was void, empty. Darkness was over the face of the deep. It's hard to even get words and images to describe that. God was there at the beginning, at that first place, time, and order, but, but there was something more that was going on. The next part of the verse says, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the water. It's like, It doesn't mean that there was water there, but that's all that they or we can do to try to describe it. And now we have a different name for God. Uh, The the spirit of God. God God is spirit. And and the Hebrew word is ruach. It's it's a fabulous word because it means the breath, the, the wind of God. In other words, God was breathing over this empty space. An exhalation, an exhaling that was purposeful. It's amazing because the the words that are used here are incredible. It's kind of a blast of expression. Like sometimes you go, and, and that's a sense of God breathing over this empty place. And at the point of creation, the breath of God was hovering over the face of the waters. The Hebrew word there means brooding 
or fluttering, moving or shaking. It's almost, have you ever had an expectation that was just almost breathless, we would say? Or, or been so close, maybe to your child, that they were just breathe, maybe sleeping and they're just breathing. There's this breathing over the creation that's about to happen in the scripture here. It's a sort of excited expectation of the spirit. And this is when it happens. God said, let there be light. And whew, there was light. I mean, in an instant, there was light. I've talked to people who are way smarter than me in physics and engineering, and they say, that's the way energy works. A voice is a vibration, is energy, and energy can can become light, and then light is also related to mass and matter. It's It's an incredible creative moment. God spoke the light of the universe into being. You know, today people say, well, that, that's a big bang. There had to be a big bang at the beginning. Well, that's what this sounds like to me. Thousands of years before anybody started thinking that way. And, and the word uh, that means to, to speak, he said, uh, it means to say, speak, or to answer. And, and this is something that, that I had never really thought about before. God answered the darkness with light. His answer for darkness, and there was, think about it, about no light, and he answered that with light. And the emptiness, he answered with creation and mass and energy and all the things that we study. God answered the empty void with his creation. And with a word, God filled what was dark and deep with his purpose and his power. Uh, Later in the Bible, it's described this way in Hebrews chapter 11. By faith, we understand, we, have, we apprehend, that the universe was created by the word, by, by the speaking of God. So that what is seen was not made out of things that are visible. There's a name for that. Um, in, in Latin, it's ex nihilo. It means out of nothing. There was nothing, and then there was everything. Because of this word spoken. James chapter 1 talks about it about this energy and matter. Every good gift, every good thing that we enjoy, every good gift and every perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variation or shadow due to change. So what was this word that had such a creative force? As we go on in the Bible, it's revealed to us in the Gospel of John Gospel of John begins with these words, in the beginning, those those same words. In the beginning was the word. And and that word is logos. It means the structure and, and the order of things. In the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. He, word is not a thing, word is a person. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him and without him, was not anything made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. God answered the darkness with light, and the darkness cannot overcome it. And the amazing thing is that in the first three verses, I mean, that's a little tiny. If you know me, you know I read lots of scripture. I just, that's all we need today. These, these three verses, God revealed his triune nature. There are three expressions of God. God is creator. And we, we call that father. 
God is spirit hovering over the face of the deep. God is power. And then God is word, creative and redemptive force. So why would we call God the creator father? Well, there's a couple of good reasons. One is that Jesus did. And he seemed to know God really well. In the most intimate times of prayer, Jesus called God Abba. Abba, Father. Abba is, is, the, is the Hebrew name for daddy. He calls him daddy. It's, and when we travel to Israel, we have a guide that we love very, very much. And, and it's interesting to be talking to her. And she will say, well, uh, years ago, I was talking to my Abba. And I go, oh, that from your mouth and your heart. I hear the tenderness of that word. That's how Jesus knew his father. Abba is the same as daddy or dad. And the, the book of Galatians says that the spirit or the breath of God calls out Abba, father, Abba, daddy. And when they asked Jesus, well, teach us to pray, Jesus. He said, pray like this, our father. And we've heard that some of us all our lives. And it wasn't really meant to be a repeated thing over and over. It was meant to be a guide for connection for us. So these three are the ways that, that God engages his creation. Father, Son, Holy Spirit. And we just sang about that in, in the song, This I Believe. Uh, that song about the, the creed. Three persons, one God. Now, there are other names that will tell us so much more about who God is. Uh, when God revealed himself to Moses, remember, uh, Moses looked over and there's a burning bush. And then the burning bush started talking to him and said, take off your shoes. This is holy ground. So he started talking to the bush. And, and the voice in the bush said, I want you to go and tell Pharaoh to set my people free. I'll let my people go. And he said, well, who should I say you are? Did I say your name is Burning Bush? <laughs> And he says, no, I am who I am. It's one of the most intimate names for God in the Bible. Yahweh. It's such a holy name. Uh, and it's, it's intimate because often it's paired with something, uh, a more personal thing. It'll say, I am your need. I am your healer is one of the ways it's used. I am your provider. I am your peace. I am your shepherd. I am the deepest point of need that you have. Nothing could be more caring and intimate than that. There, there are other names. Uh, there are seven Jewish names uh, of God in the Hebrew scriptures. Elohim, uh, Yahweh, Adonai, El, El, El Yan, El Roy, uh, El Shaddai, El Olam. We have some of them on these banners that are on each side of the worship center here up high. If you want to get to know God, you can get to know his names and you'll discover in his names more and more of who he is. In Christian history, um, an effort was made to focus belief into statements. You may have grown up in a tradition that had catechisms or had confessions uh, with special names, Westminster uh, Confession and things like that. And those were efforts to, to set uh, our beliefs in a certain way. The oldest Christian creed is the Nicene Creed. And, um, and it, it dates back to 325 AD. And it says, we believe in one God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth and of all things visible and invisible. I, I, let me invite you to 
say that out loud. You don't have to, but let's just say that out loud so that we kind of have a sense of it. We believe in one God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and of all things visible and invisible. It's one of the most historic points. And you may have grown up in a church that recited that every week or something like it. You might have grown up in a church that never used creeds because some never use creeds. They say, we want only scripture, never creeds. And I, and I understand that. But these are historic points. The Apostles' Creed uh, was about 50, 60 years later. And, and it's different. It says, I believe. Hear the shift from we believe to I believe. I personally take hold of this. Uh, let's read this out loud. It's just a short statement. I believe in God, the Father, Almighty, maker of heaven and earth. And then it goes on from there. The Apostles' Creed. Our statement of faith uh, for Faith Fellowship Church has more words. And it's because it comes at it from a number of different angles in Scripture. So let me just read it to you. It says, we believe in one God. Scriptural. Creator of all things, holy, infinitely perfect, and eternally existing in a loving unity of three equally divine persons. The Father the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Having limitless knowledge and sovereign power, God has graciously purposed from eternity to redeem a people for himself and to make all things new for his own glory. That's our starting statement together. But we want to get to know this Father, this God, a few years ago, I came across something that just sort of was startling to me. It's called Father's Love Letter. And I found it in a written form. I was just I was kind of blown away by it. it. It is a gathering of scriptural statements in first person, every one of them scripture, but stated from the heart of God as a love letter to his children, to you. And I didn't realize that it also exists in a video form and so I've pulled that uh, for us. It's very, very short. Just as we close our thoughts together, I want you to hear uh, the love of your father for you, the love of our creator for us. Hear that and then close with prayer. Let's hear this. My child, you may not know me, but I know everything about you. I know when you sit down and when you rise up. I'm familiar with all your ways. Even the very hairs on your head are numbered. For you were made in my image. In me you live and move and have your being. For you were my offspring. I knew you even before you were conceived. I chose you when I planned creation. You were not a mistake, for all your days are written in my book. I determined the exact time of your birth and where you would live. You are fearfully and wonderfully made. I knit you together in your mother's womb and brought you forth on the day you were born. been misrepresented by those who don't know me. 
I am not distant and angry, but am the complete expression of love. And it is my desire to lavish my love on you, simply because you are my child and I am your father. I offer you more than your earthly father ever could, for I am the perfect father. Every good gift that you receive comes from my hand, for I am your provider and I meet all your needs. My plan for your future has always been filled with hope, because I love you with an everlasting love. My thoughts toward you are countless as the sand on the seashore, and I rejoice over you with singing. I will never stop doing good to you, for you are my treasured possession. I desire to establish you with all my heart and all my soul, and I want to show you great and marvelous things. If you seek me with all your heart, you will find me. Delight in me and I will give you the desires of your heart. For it is I who gave you those desires. I am able to do more for you than you could possibly imagine. For I am your greatest encourager. I am also the father who comforts you in all your troubles. When you are broken hearted, I am close to you. As a shepherd carries a lamb, I have carried you close to my heart. One day, I will wipe away every tear from your eyes, and I'll take away all the pain you have suffered on this earth. I am your father, and I love you even as I love my son Jesus. For in Jesus, my love for you is revealed. He is the exact representation of my being. He came to demonstrate that I am for you, not against you, and to tell you that I am not counting your sins. Jesus died so that you and I could be reconciled. His death was the ultimate expression of my love for you. I gave up everything I love that I might gain your love. If you receive the gift of my son Jesus, you receive me. Nothing will ever separate you from my love again. Come home and I'll throw the biggest party heaven has ever seen. I have always been father and will always be father. My question is, will you be my child? I am waiting for you. Let's pray together. 
Father, I thank you so much. Um, every time I hear your heart for me, I am blessed. And I, I pray that we will hear your heart for each and every one of us, each of these families, uh, each of, of the journeys that we are on, that you are here for us. And we thank you, we praise you for that. In Jesus' name, amen.